Last session, we talked a lot about friendship. We talked about the friends that uh, all of our past and present interns um, have had, and kind of like those relationships and how that worked. And so me and Will kind of wanted to share some stories about our friendships that we had when we were kids. Me and Will yeah. are really, really good friends now, but that was not always the case. No, you want to tell them what you said when I interviewed for the job here? Jail, jail goes, uh, what do you think about Will? And I say... I don't think I see myself being his friend, was the actual words I said. And then JL said, okay, yeah, I'm going to hire him. And so then I had to be friends with him. Oh, it was forced. Yeah, it was forced. It was forced, okay. Just at first. But then we became best friends. Yeah, we became best yeah. friends. We, we, he came over to my house, uh, <laughs> him, and, him and his, I guess, fiance at that time, and we learned how to... Uh, Stack dice in the cup. Have you ever seen that trick where you get like five dice and you do the thing in the hand and then you do that and you, I don't know, we practiced it for like an hour and apparently we thought our wives were having like this great conversation while we were connecting and apparently they were just standing there quietly watching us do that for like an hour. (laughs) It's fine though. It's fine. That's good. But uh, so we've had some really awesome friendships growing up. Uh, Obviously, Will's a great friend now, but one of these friends I had growing up. Uh, I don't know if you had this friend, like there's a friend you have that's just always on guard for you. Like somehow they're always just like, look out, you're about to get struck by a vehicle. Or I don't know, they're just like, look at that deer, don't, you know, they just, they see things and you never see those things. They've just like, they've always kind of got your back. They're watching out for you. They've got like the mom break hand if they need it. I don't know, all of that stuff. Well, I had this kind of friend growing up, and there was this one time that uh, I was four-wheeling uh, in Georgia. That sounds really redneck, and it was. So um, <laughs> we were four-wheeling down in Georgia, and I was going down this like dirt kind of trail. It was actually just like a fire break thing, and I'm going real, real fast down this thing on a four, full-size four-wheeler at 12 years old, okay? I was not this size at 12 years old. I was much, much smaller. And so I, and I'm, I'm still not very strong. So even at that time, I'm just kind of like, ah, this is awesome. And I'm going like just screaming down it. That's one thing. Bad decision number one. Bad decision number two. It's getting dark. Bad decision number three. Right now I am wearing contacts because I do not see well. Whilst I was riding the giant four-wheeler in the dark, I did not have either glasses or contacts on. So I could not see very well and it was dimly lit, and I had never been on the trail that I was going really fast on. But you weren't texting. I wasn't texting and driving, though. Okay, that's something you need to know. So I'm screaming down this trail, and I see a pole. And I'm like, oh, okay, that looks like, from what I can tell, just some kind of like property marker trail, or like property marker pole. I'm gonna go past it and then come back around. About 10 feet away from it, though, I see another pole and this pole, and then I also slightly see lines going from one pole to the next. It was a fence. (laughs) And there was wires across this fence, okay? It wasn't electric, but that didn't mean it didn't hurt. So all of a sudden, I realized it's a fence. So I slam on the brakes as best as I can, but I'm only like 10 feet away, I'm in a full-size four-wheeler, and I'm not very strong, okay? So I hit this fence, right? And part of the four-wheeler goes underneath the fence, and one wire goes over the handlebars, and it hits me right here, okay? I, I'm holding the handlebars as hard as I can. I have indents. This was almost 20 years ago. I still have indents in my biceps. It kind of gives me a little extra definition, but not really. 
but I have indents in my biceps for how, from how hard the wire dug into my chest. Well, when it hit, I went backwards, okay? And as I went backwards, that same wire that was on my chest went here. My friend reaches around and he grabs the handbrake and he squeezes it that much harder. And he grabs it as I'm going backwards. And so the, the thing literally comes here and we stop. If he wouldn't have hit that brake, I don't know what would have happened. I'm pretty sure I would have been talking like this to you guys from here on out. I don't know. But it would have like, it could have either like straight up decapitated me. It could have crushed my windpipe. I don't know. Something like this happened here is much, much worse. But my friend was watching out for me and he, he protected me of that. And that was crazy. And I'm really grateful for him. That was a good friend. I have a friend that didn't do that, but just watched me fall on a river once. That's a good friend too. That's a good, he is a good friend. He's a friend. Actually, so that friend, uh, we, went, we went up hunting as one of my buddies, and Brandon actually went on this trip with us. We went turkey hunting just this last spring. And uh, I don't know what it is about, like, myself and falling into bodies of water, but I do it all the time. It's like a hobby. I should, I should take up diving, I think. Yeah. I would be really good at that. Um, but I, <laughs> I was walking across the river. We had to get across the river to try and get to the turkey. Um, and so we're just treading across, and Brandon's behind me. Um, my buddy and Paul are in front of me. And my buddy just taps Paul on the shoulder like, let's watch Will. And right when he does that, I slip on a rock and I just face first right in the river. <laughs> I kept my gun up, but everything else was soaked. So now I'm trying to find turkey going like through the woods. It was terrible. Um, but later that same camera trip, have you, had the, have you had a friend that just like knows exactly how to make you laugh when you're in a bad mood? Yeah. That just like he can just tell you're in a bad mood and can, can say the perfect thing to get you back out of it. Well, that same hunting trip when I went face first in the river. Um, later that same day, just me and my, so Brandon and Paul were on the other side of the river. Me and my buddy are on this side and we're trying to just sit on um, what's called like a, a blind or a stand. Uh, and so we made this thing and we found this really awesome tree that had just a ton of sign, which means like there's signs that were, there are turkey everywhere. Just, it's turkey poop. That's what it was. All right, so there's turkey poop everywhere. And so we're sitting in the turkey poop because we're like, I bet the turkeys will come back here and poop and we'll shoot them in the face. All right, Hunting that was our plan. Is stupid. That was our plan. This was, wasn't me. I don't, I don't go into nature and just sit in the dirt for hours. I don't like hunting. No, that's, yeah, you know what? There's a lot of hunting trips and that's all we did. <laughs> anyway, so um, you better sit in the blind and we're just sitting there for hours. We sat there for five hours and we didn't see any turkey <laughs> at all. The turkeys are like, probably look at those turkeys. They're in our poop. Um, and so we're sitting there and I'm in a bad mood, one, because I fell in the river earlier that day, and two, there's no turkey here. And so I brought my Bible and stuff like that, and we're just kind of sitting quietly, and my buddy just leans over, and he's like, do you want to hear a joke? What? Because it's like, I'm, I'm not in the best mood. And he's like, what does Jesus call a river? And I was like, what? He's like, a treadmill. Because <laughs> he walks on the water. He walks on the water. <laughs> So Jesus in a little workout band, just like, hey guys, because the river's right behind us. So lame. And, I, I, and I, it was the perfect thing, perfect joke for me that I just laughed. And I laughed out loud. And I, I'm also kind of certain that's why the turkeys never came, because I ended up laughing out loud. But it cheered me up right when I needed it and, it, and it was really good. But doing stuff with friends is fun, right? You got to do stuff. You got to get out there and do things. One of my, uh, actually the same friend on that trip went in... Uh, did a triathlon, and I did it with them. I did a triathlon. A triathlon is where you swim and where you bike and when you run. Like, not 
like all together, not just like, hey, one day I'll feel like running today, all in a row. And so I, I started training for this thing. And, and this is the kind of friend that will like help me get better. You have the mm. friend that like spurs you on to do better stuff. That's me, right? Is you're talking mm. about me? Well, we make each other better at the gym, but that's because I want to be better than that's you. That's why I don't want you to win. Yeah, I don't, I don't want, want you to win. Uh -uh. Like if we're doing push-ups, I always try and do a couple extra push-ups than Joe. And then I suggest pull-ups, and then I beat him in the pull-ups. Hate pull-ups. Yes, it's true. It's because you're a weird-looking biceps. I can biceps. do five. <laughs> I have done five. Not consecutively. No. Or in the same day. In my life, I've probably done five pull-ups. <laughs> Whatever, weird-looking biceps. Anyway, um, so... I said that in confidence. It's weird when you do them, though, that's all you look at. Just, yeah. Anyway, we're friends. We really are friends. We get along. Uh, <laughs> anyway, back to my story. So I'm doing this triathlon, and I, I run it with my friend, and Joe does triathlons too, but he does, like, stupid distances. He's like, what, half Iron Man? Is half Iron Man, that time? yeah. I didn't do well in it, but I did it. I walked the run. I got, I got tired watching you. Um, but... So I, I, I swam 750 yards, which is seven and a half football fields. I counted, all right? <laughs> seven and a half football fields. That's where that's just swim. Then I got on a bicycle, which was Julie's. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. <laughs> Riding the girl's bike. And, uh, and I did 14 miles on the bike, and then I did 3.2 mile run. And, and when I slowed down, my buddy slowed down with me, and he just kept like, Come on, you can do it. You can, and when I had all the calf cramps that you did not lie about, that happens. Yeah, that's in hard, the run, yeah. he, he walked alongside of me. And, and I ended up beating my goal. My goal was two hours. I got an hour 45. And I took second place. Second place. Uh, Will. That's a good friend. Um, second in what? The triathlon. No, and also... Your age division, perhaps? Or is it, it was 25 to 30. It was 25 to 30-year-olds. How many people place. in 25 to 30 years old did the triathlon? Two. <laughs> <laughs> you, you took second. Second place, silver Se medal. Well, it was a plaque, but I got it. It's hanging in my garage. So you took last. I took, well, first place of the losers. Last place of the losers as well, if there's yeah. only two. So just, can we move on, please? Yeah, Thank sure. you. Oh. <laughs> Second place. Second place. I have the plaque in my garage because my right. wife won't let it's me It's awesome having house. friends that can be there for you to push, push you. And oftentimes, it's not just friends that are there to like support you in those like, like, like encourage you and spur you on. Oftentimes, we need friends in our lives to like just be there for us in those times when we feel alone. And so I had this friend, I can remember when I was younger, um, I had this friend and he was just there for me whenever I needed him to be. Uh, if you've ever been in private school or small, like a small school, you understand it can be really hard to make friends because there's only 20 kids your age. If you went to public school, there was like a thousand kids your age to be friends with. All right, well in private school, it's like the same 20 kids preschool, through eighth grade, okay? And the kids in kindergarten didn't like me, so then that meant they didn't really like me in first grade, so which meant they didn't really like me in second grade, so there wasn't a lot of hope for it in third grade or fourth grade, and then they really didn't like me in fifth grade or sixth grade. So I'm at the end of my sixth grade year and going, I'm not sure things are gonna turn around in seventh grade. Uh, and so I'm just sitting there and like there's 20 kids in my class and I know every one of them and they really didn't like me. And so I'm sitting in the car 
And I remember this song, this really dumb song playing over the radio. It's called Lean On Me, and it's by Club Neveu. All right, listen to this song. It's super 90s. Super 90s, okay? This song comes on the radio, and I start to think about how I don't have anybody to lean on. (laughs) This dumb 90s song, it's all like perky and happy, and I'm crying in the car. (laughs) And so, I go home, and, and, my, and my friend shows up, and he doesn't say a lot, and, and he, he didn't go to school with me, and so I'm just like, man, I, I, I'm a lonely, and he just came, and he didn't say much, but the fact that he was there, he just reminded me, the fact that he just showed up reminded me that I wasn't alone, that I did have somebody to lean on, and sometimes all you need is a friend who can just be there in those times when you feel alone. Another time. <laughs> Another time. I, this, this, one, this one kind of is, is a little bit tougher for me. So if, if you can think about it, uh, another like difficult time, that season of like 12 to 14, it was a little hard for me. Um, a lot of stuff going on. I ran into a fence with a four-wheeler. I realized I didn't have that many friends. And then my parents also got divorced, okay? So it was a really, really tough period of time for me. And I was really glad to have this friend. And so one time, as a 13-year-old, you're kind of oblivious to your surroundings. You don't really realize what's going on. You're just like, stay alive. And you have to focus so much of your attention on not dying. Uh, and so I, I, like, I didn't really pay attention to the fact that my mom and dad, they, like, they didn't seem to be all that happy around each other. Uh, they didn't really go on dates. My mom worked out of town for long periods of time and stuff. And I just didn't like pick up on a lot of cues. And so one day my sister picks me up from school and she takes me to this park. And, and so it's, we're, we're there and she just goes, Joe, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but mom and dad are, are splitting up. They're, they're having a divorce. And I have always, when I'm growing up, been very proud of my family for the fact that they were still together. The fact that like, it says like 50% of some marriages end in divorce and that happened. I was so proud that we were a part of like the good half of marriages. And so to find out that my family was splitting apart, man, it, it broke me up. And so I just like went over to this park bench and I just, I just started crying because I was mourning like my, my family. I felt like my whole family was like was the death of my family when I found out that my parents were splitting up. And my friend came over to me and he puts his arm around me and he says, I'm sorry this is happening. I know this is really hard for you. And he goes, I know, I know how important your family staying together was to you, but this is what I want you to know. And I will never forget what he told me. He said, I'm gonna be there for you through this no matter what. He stayed there. And he stayed there while I cried and mourned my parents' ending. And I really needed a friend in that moment, in that difficult moment. I was so glad he was there. In, in moments like that, like if, if you've been like that friend and someone comes to you and you just, you want to pray for them. But how many of you have just like not had the words to pray? You're just like, I have no idea what to pray for. You know, like probably the easiest example of this is if you are about to eat a meal and everybody is trying to wait before someone prays. And then you know you, that you're just like, don't choose me, don't choose me, don't choose me, don't choose me. And then they always like, pick you. They always pick you. Especially if you're a pastor, no matter where you go, you are like the designated dinner prayer. Always. 
I didn't know that's what we signed up for. I didn't either. I thought we were going to be like teaching youth. And it was like, nope, you're just going to mainly pray for dinners. Whenever you're at dinner, you pray. Seriously, that's what it's like. It really is. Now, when I was on the phone just uh, two weeks ago with my friend from Gypsum, his name's Kylan, and um, I was just catching up with him. I haven't caught up with him in a while. And he just started telling me about his life. And he has a six-month-old son who has a heart defect in half of his heart. Um, half of his heart just is, isn't forming, and it's not growing. And so this type of disease, he's going to need like something like seven surgeries, or no, five surgery, heart surgeries before he's seven years old. Like, and so he's already had one. He had one the first week of his life, a heart surgery. And now he's getting ready for his second heart surgery, and he caught like a virus. And so they had to postpone the surgery, and now the kid has to wear oxygen, like has to have a, a tank of oxygen carried with him. And so Kylan's telling me about this with his, going on with his son. His son's name is Jace. And then his, his daughter, Carrie Lee, has hand, foot, mouth at the same time, so she can't even be in the house because of his heart defect. Like, they, they can't, he can't contract stuff like that. So she, she can't be in the house. And then uh, Lisa, his wife, gets sick. And then the dishwasher floods his whole house in the same time. And he, and he told me, he's like, I'm just really kind of struggling with, is God good? Mm. And, and he's, wanting, he's wanting prayer, and he's wanting to catch up with me, but he's just like, I need help. And I'm like, what? what, like, what do you say? Like, what can you say? What can, what can you pray for? Well, super happy we had a buddy on the phone with us, conference call, and he's, he, he knew exactly what to pray. I don't know mm. if you've ever had a friend that just has the perfect words at the perfect time, but he just started praying to where I didn't have to. <laughs> and I know that sounds selfish in that moment, but like all I could do was hurt for Kyle. All I could do is just like, oh my gosh, it sucks. And then our buddy started praying and he prayed like the, the, perfect, the perfect prayer. It was, just, it was just crazy. I'm super thankful that we had him. That's a good friend to have. Um, in high school, I was not a very good friend. How many of you have a friend that every time they get a boyfriend or girlfriend, you do not see them until they break up? Yeah, I was that friend. That was me. Yeah, so in high school, every time I got a boyfriend or girlfriend, and so I decided I wasn't going to date. I just... Again with this. This is again. I'm trying to include everybody, and then it just confuses me. Uh, I only had girlfriends. I, I, had, I didn't want to date till I was 16 years old. So then I ended up not dating till 17 because just because I said I would date at 16 didn't mean there was any girls that wanted to date me. I was almost 17. Uh, so then I had, I, I had this girlfriend that was like my second girlfriend. It was like middle of my senior year. And uh, I was like really, I really fell for this girl. It was kind of one of those relationships where you're just like, I'm not really sure why you're with me. She was like an all-star volleyball player and I wasn't that. Um, and so I was just like, man, I feel like I'm, I like dated up big time. And so I was like, and I really, really liked her. And then we broke up. And so we just like the relationship, it was my fault. I did something stupid. And so we, we, we broke up and it hurt a lot. And I really didn't know how to handle this because it, I don't know, it just tore me up. And so I, I was just, I was just reeling from it. And so I ended up like 
It was like a couple weeks after, I drive, and I just go on drives. When I was in high school and I was really struggling, I would just go on drives. And so I'm going down this drive, uh, going down this road, and I just, man, I'm in a really, really low and dangerous place. And um, a, friend of me, a friend of mine is talking to me, and, but as I'm driving down the road, I'm just going, what if? And, and I'm noticing like telephone poles. And for some reason, my mind goes to, what, would, what if? you just ran your car right into one of those telephone poles. And so I'm really in this desperate situation. I'm just going like, would that maybe get her attention? Would, do you think that would fix it? Would, would it just kind of like end? Man, I'm really hurting. Would that just end it? And I'm sure you guys are like, that seems a little dramatic for a breakup. But sometimes, man, those relationships, if you fall, those, those are the kind of emotions you get in those types of things. And that's why it's so dangerous to be in those kinds of relationships as a young person, because I was driving down this road and I was contemplating doing something really dangerous. And thank God I had this friend who was talking to me because he just goes, Joe, it, it's not worth hurting yourself or worse. Joe, you really need to get help. Joe, you need to talk to someone. You can get through this. This I know you're hurting right now, but this won't be forever. And he was advocating for me to get help, and he was advocating for, for something better for me. And if he wouldn't have been on the phone, I don't know if I would have made it through that road. And then he literally talked to me that night to like drive past where I was going, and I literally went to a mentor's house, and I got help that night. If it wouldn't have been for that friend, I don't know if I would have been here today. That's the kind of friend that'll just like really fight for you in the moment. I, mm-hmm. I had a buddy that, that fought for me, not just in the moment, but also like in, in the past. Have you guys ever had like a sleepover to where you guys like just spend the, like to the wee, wee hours of the night talking? Mm. Like you just talk. You talk like the lights are out and you just keep talking and keep talking. Or like sometimes over like hunting trips and stuff, like we just... We just talk and we talk. And then all of a sudden, like, a lot of it is just probably about, like, stupid stuff or, like, funny things or whatever. But all of a sudden, the conversation gets deep. And, like, especially, like, like late at night, stuff like that. It's just kind of like a, just a weird thing that happens between friends that, like, get close or they, they have a bonding moment. Well, when I was up on this, uh, just on a weekend trip with, with some buddies. And one of those conversations happened where we were talking for a long time. And all of a sudden, it got super deep. And I remember talking about my past and about my elementary school years. And where in elementary school, I was like shorter, but not really lighter. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like weight wise. And so I was just, I was, it was rough. Second grade year, there was, there was, so in elementary school, I didn't go by Will. I went by Willie. Mm-hmm. And there was a nickname that happened because there was a, a movie that came out where the, the whale was named Willie. <laughs> Free Willie. <laughs> My nickname, no, that's terrible. my nickname in elementary school was Free Willy. Oh. And when I'd walk down the hall, put that back up, kids would just go like this. <laughs> you know? That's awful. It is terrible. People are terrible. Terrible. It wasn't well, just that funny. because like, you know, I couldn't even jump over a pencil, let alone <laughs> a person at that point in time. In my life. So it was rough. It was really rough. It was rough my, in all through elementary school. And, um, you know, it wasn't until I realized that I could play sports really well as a big dude that um, I kind of grew out of that in, in middle school. But in elementary school, it was really, really hard. And that, that nickname, Free Willy, like I remember in middle school, the first year of middle school, I was like, my name is Will. Like I'm changing it. And a lot of it was because I struggled with self-image. And with like, I just hated myself when I looked at myself in the mirror. 
And so anyway, so this is what I'm telling these guys when, like, you know, when the conversation turned deep um, just, just a few years ago. And I remember one of my buddies just said, that must have really sucked. And the way he said it, like most of the time, like right there, I just made fun of myself, you know, and it's just funny. It is, now it's just, it is funny, but the truth of it, like my actual heart hurts. Hurts when I, when I hear those things and when I think about that time um, of myself back then. And, and the way he said that was just uh, like he really cared about elementary school, Will, and, and, and not just me right there. And he really defended me. And I, and I know there's times that, that both Sean and Joe have like helped me like defend who I am, like if I, if I forget. Because like they have, they have, they, they know who I am. I've given them my identity statement. I've written this thing out and, and they'll defend it. But, the, but this buddy of mine just said, you know what? Your past, like elementary school will, like everything, free willy is not who you are. It helped make you who you are today, but it is not part of who you are. Only God has who you are. Only he has that. And so then he says, you know what? It's time to, let's claim it back. You know, your name is not free willy, but it is free will. Mm. You are free and you can be free from this. Yeah. And he's saying this stuff and he's defending like who I am. And, and it, 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 now it's a part of my identity statement. Like I am, I am fearfully, wonderfully made and I am free. I am a free will and a, and a powerhouse in the spirit. And that's, that's part of who I am. And, and if he hadn't have said those things and defended me in that way, I don't know if I would have been able to like claim that back from the enemy today. So you might be thinking, wow, like Joe and Will, they had a lot of really, really great friends growing up. And I would have been much better off if I would have had friends more like Joe and Will. But the truth is, and here's the thing, my friends, each in those moments, and the friends that, that, that walk me through my difficult times, and the, the friends that Will is talking about, they're the same person. The person that I was friends with growing up and, and that helped me in those times and, and went through my craziness and Will's craziness, that's the same person. And that person was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was our best friend. He was that person for us through all of those things. And I cannot say that I have one friend in my life or have ever had one friend in my life that could come even close to all of the amazing things that my best friend, the Holy Spirit, has done for me. He is and can be for you, your best friend. So just look at my, my story as, uh, on the four-wheeler. My best friend, the Holy Spirit, he protected me in that moment. He reached around and made sure that that four-wheeler stopped so that I did not get more hurt. And I'm sure you can think of times in your life where you're just like, wow, that was a really close call. I was super lucky that something bad didn't happen. And we try and say stuff like that. But honestly, if you have God in your heart and, you have, and you're living with the Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is your best friend and he's protecting you. Proverbs 23:11 says this, for they have a mighty protector, a loving redeemer who watches over them. When you have the Holy Spirit, you have a best friend who will protect you. When we look at Will's hunting story and we're just like, oh, that joke is silly. The Holy Spirit told Will that joke. That was not a, that was like, that's who told him that joke. Now, the Holy Spirit, we, when we think about it, we're just like, oh, it's just like we hear like the Holy Ghost or we just think it's like this, this force like in Star Wars or something like that. The Holy Spirit 
is a friend and he is funny, okay? And this is how I know. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of Christ. So what we can look at is the stories of Jesus and know that this, like what Jesus did is also what the Holy Spirit is. And Jesus did some kind of funny stuff when he was on earth. At one point, he decides, his, his the disciples are out on a boat and he just decides to go for a walk on the water and he just tries to walk by the boat without them knowing it in like this dark storm, okay? That's funny to me because it's just like, he knew, he's Jesus, he knew that they were gonna see him, but he kinda knew it was gonna freak him out and he thought that was funny, so he thought he'd go for a walk. Another time, Jesus dies and resurrects from the grave. He decides to like introduce himself to some disciples and they don't recognize him, all right? And so he decides to go for a walk, a long walk with them talking about himself and what happened this whole time, they're not seeing that he's Jesus. And then all of a sudden he's like, hey, I'm Jesus. And they're like, what? And then boom, he disappears. That's funny, that's funny. The Holy Spirit does not wanna just be a part of like the sad, difficult, miserable times. He wants to be a part of everything in your life. Look at this verse in Psalms 37, 23. It says this, he delights in every detail of your life. The details that are good, the details that are bad, the details that are happy and funny, and the details that are sad. Every single detail of your life he cares about and he delights in. With Will in the triathlon, the Holy Spirit was who was doing that triathlon with him, empowering him, encouraging him, pushing him on, push, like saying all of those things like that, that, that coach right next to him saying, you can do this. Come on, you're doing great. One more step. Look at that phone pole. Run to that phone pole and then run to the next one. It's going to be awesome. Come on, come on, come on. The Bible talks about this guy who the Holy Spirit empowered and his name was Elijah, and it says that he ran faster than a horse-drawn chariot, all right? It says that he tucked his robe, which is really funny, into his belt and in just like his, his Nike Swish sandals or something like that. He just goes sprinting, and he runs past horses, like a chariot with being pulled by horses. That's some cool stuff that the Holy Spirit can do. The Holy Spirit can empower us. And he wants to do things with you. Sometimes just knowing that you're not alone empowers you. I hate doing chores by myself or like just tasks and things like that. I can't do it. I like being around people. And I, when people are around me, it empowers me. It makes me feel like, yeah, teamwork, let's do it. And so we do it together. That's what I like to do. And with the Holy Spirit, we're always together. He's always there and he wants to empower us and encourage us to do greater things. For me, when I was struggling and I didn't have any friends and I listened to that dumb song, it was the Holy Spirit that came and was there for me. It sucks being alone. And I don't care how many, how many friends you have, how popular you are, or, any, or how many followers you have on Instagram or whatever, there are times in everybody's life where you just feel alone. It's, it's like that moment where you're just like, you, you just walk away from people and as soon as you feel people like walk away from school or something like that and you're sitting at home, you just feel alone. But look at this, it says in John 16, 7, it's better for you that I leave. This is what Jesus said. If I don't leave, the friend won't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. In those moments in your bed, or walking down the school hallway, or eating alone at lunch, or something like that, remember, the Holy Spirit is your friend. He will never leave you. He will never abandon you. And, and I think sometimes, for me, people think I'm a little crazy, because I'll be walking, like, through the mall or something like that, and I'm talking to myself, all right? And I'm sure they think I've got some sort of like weird, like golem thing going on. Like, I'm just like, he's, no, 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 no. 
truth is, oftentimes, I'm talking to the Holy Spirit. I'm talking to him out loud because I know he's there and I know he's with me. And I want to have a conversation with him because he's there. And so I'm just talking. I don't care if they think I'm crazy because I am talking to my best friend no matter where I am. In that moment where I found out my parents were getting a divorce, my friend who put his hand on my shoulder and said he would be there for me was the Holy Spirit. And he looked at me and in that moment, that moment was bad, but the moment that I got to encounter my best friend, the Holy Spirit, that's probably one of the moments, first moments in my life, I truly felt the Holy Spirit comfort me in such a way. Man, that's the sweetest, one of the sweetest moments I've ever had. My parents made their choice. They, they made their choice, and so they got that divorce. And, and God, God let them ha- make that choice, but that didn't mean that he wasn't always there and present with me, walking me through that pain and loss and comforting me when I need it. That same verse in a different, uh, John 16, 7, in a different translation says this, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper or comforter or advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him the Holy Spirit to you. So right there, that's what the Holy Spirit can be for you. He can be that comforter. When Will was talking and he didn't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit did know what to pray. The fancy church word for this is like speaking in tongues or using your prayer language, all right? And we've talked a lot about these things through, through, through uh, conferences and all of these things. But the truth is, guys, is this, that... The Holy Spirit can pray through you. It says in Romans 8, 28, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Using our prayer language is this. It means that the Holy Spirit through you can pray the perfect prayer to God and for others whenever we need him to. When I was driving down that road and I was really contemplating doing something very foolish and dangerous by by driving my car into a telephone pole, the Holy Spirit was in the car with me. The Holy Spirit was the one saying, Joe, don't do this. He was advocating for my future. He was advocating for my life. He's saying, Joe, you, there's something better. There's something more. I have things for you. Don't throw it all away in this moment where you're hurting. I know you're hurting, but you need to get help. The Holy Spirit was in that car that night, and that, the Holy Spirit, my best friend, saved my life. And then when we look at Will struggling with, with self-image and, and that like rekindling of that hurt from elementary school, it was the Holy Spirit that defended his heart in that moment. We sing, we're singing this new song, this, this, this conference, and it's called Defender. And it says, you picked up all my pieces, put me back together. You are the defender of my heart. And I love those lyrics because it's true. The Holy Spirit, your best friend, will defend your heart. When lies from the enemy or other people try and tell you something that you're not, he defends you and he will speak truth into your life. Guys, the Holy Spirit is the best friend you will ever have. The simple fact that the Holy Spirit can be our friend, it proves something. I think a lot of us don't put together like this together until we hear this truth, that the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a he. It's not a force. It's not a force. It's a Holy Spirit is a he. And we as humans, we put a lot of pressure on the encounter with the Holy Spirit because it's like, it's the Holy Spirit. It's like the word the somehow trips us up. Like it's, it's the force. It's, it's, it's some, some crazy, I mean, the creator of the universe, it's, it's way too big, too bad. I can't, I, 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 I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I think that we get to that place where we're just overcome. But the truth is the Holy Spirit 
He's a person. He's a person. Holy Spirit is his name, but it's not his function. His name is God. The Holy Spirit's name is God. I mean, it's all God. Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, same. All the same. But the Holy like the Spirit is his function that we're talking about. Listen how Jesus describes his Spirit. In John 16, 13, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he's heard, and he will tell you about the future. The Holy Spirit is a person. Now, what makes you and I a person? A personality in the name, a personality. We have a mind, a will, and emotions. That's, that's what makes us a person. That's what makes us a person. So a mind, meaning we have thoughts. Everybody say thoughts. Thoughts. All right, a will. That means we have desires. Say desires. And emotions, meaning feelings. Everybody say feelings. Is it possible the Holy Spirit is trying to get us to think like God thinks, desire what God desires, and feel what God feels? Absolutely, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to make us look more like God, right? We want to think. We want to have the mind of Christ. We want to feel. We want to have the feelings that, that God has for other people, for the whole world, for ourselves. When we look at ourselves in the mirror, we want to have the same desires God has. If you have the same desires God has, everything you ask for is going to be given to you. You can ask for anything in the name of Jesus. This is Jesus talking. He says, anything in my name, and, and it'll happen. Because if we have the same desires God has, and the only way we have that connection to be able to feel, to know his thoughts, to know his feelings, to know his desires, is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our connection to God. See, the truth is, how we have this connection is the same exact spirit that was in Jesus lives inside of you. Romans 8, 11 says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Everybody say, he lives in me. Say it like you just... Proud of it. He lives in me. That's right. That should empower you. See, the truth is that, that verse says, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal, mortal bodies by the same spirit living in you. The same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in you. Does that make you feel kind of dangerous all of a sudden? Does that make you feel pretty empowered all of a sudden? It should. It should because that's who he is. And our friend that we're talking about, the Holy Spirit, he was there in the beginning. In, in Genesis, Genesis 1-2, it says, The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Man, he was there in the beginning. And he's also in you now. Our friend empowered the greatest people in history, from King David, Samson, Jesus himself. Holy Spirit came down on Jesus like a dove. Empower Jesus in the same spirit empowers us. If you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, you already have the spirit living inside of you. And honestly, during worship tonight, I was hit with this, with this crazy feeling from God. Like I'm talking about how, um, you know, how, how the Holy Spirit holds us together and holds us in relationship with Jesus. And the Lord gave me a vision when I was... Um, because he, he opens our eyes, right? Pastor Jail prayed about our ears to be open to hear the voice of God. Well, God can show us things too through the Holy Spirit. And I was just wondering, like, Holy Spirit, what's your role? Like, what do you, who are you? And he gave me this vision. In this vision, I was laying in a hammock in Capri's with Jesus. All right? 
That's what was happening. That was how, and I remember I talked to Jesus when I was in the hammock with him, and I was like, Jesus, you know we're in Capri's, right? <laughs> He's like, I'm probably the only one that could get you in Capri's. I was like, you're probably right. Then, then this thought crossed my mind of a comedian that Joe and I both really enjoyed. His name's Jim Gaffigan, but he said, he said this, if you're in a hammock with somebody, you better be dating them. Because <laughs> you can't not be close to someone laying in a hammock with you. Does that make sense? And anyway, one time in kids' church, I did this exact illustration, and it, this is what ended up happening. See, if you're in a hammock with someone, you cannot be close to them. Now, Brandon was supposed to be dressed like Jesus, but he wasn't. So it was just weird. It was just weird. Another way that God can make us laugh. It's not weird if it's Jesus, but it's weird if it's Brandon. <laughs> it is. It is. It's true, right? It's true. But this is what I want to do, guys. This is what I want, this is what I want you to think of. See, when Jesus gave me that, or when God gave me that vision, he said, so I was in a hammock with Jesus, right? The Holy Spirit was the hammock. The Holy Spirit's role is to hold us in close relationship with God. Like, that's what he does. That is what he does. And, and um, think of it like this. Sean is going to bring out something for me real quick. And what we're going to do tonight is we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us up. Hmm. You guys want the Holy Spirit to fill you up? Yep. Want a fresh infilling? This is, what, this is what it's like, okay? You are the cup, all right? And whenever we accept Jesus as our Savior, the Spirit's poured out. The Spirit's poured out in us, all right? You're saved. You're going to go to heaven. Like, you are full. Like, this is the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in you. This is what this is. Now, when we have an infilling of the Holy Spirit, meaning we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us up to overflowing, it's like we're filled with the deep richness of God. Mm. The yes. deep richness of God, right? Now, how many of you know, if I leave it like this, if I leave it like this? No, you don't drink chocolate milk like that. It's crazy. It's just chocolate and milk. It's just chocolate and milk. Yeah. You're exactly right. It is not chocolate milk. But with the deep richness of God living in our life, and when we start doing these things and we start encountering him like a friend, we start encountering him like a comforter, we start speaking in our prayer language, we start doing that stuff, not only are we filled up with him, but the deep richness of God starts to permeate and, and get into every part of us. And so as I, I pray, in my pray, pray in my prayer language, I start... And the deep... The deep richness starts filling me up, right? And now, now, now the deep richness of God is, is seen in every part of my life. Mm. The deep yeah. richness of God is seen at school. It's seen at home. It's seen at that. And as I encounter him as a comforter, as I go to him as my defender, as I go to him as all of these things that we're talking about, yeah. that the perfect friend can be, I look more like the spirit of God. Yeah. But how many of you know that if I just sit this cup on the counter, what's it going to look like tomorrow morning? It's just going to be chocolate and milk again. See, we have to keep stirring up the spirit in our life continually. <clears throat> and so what I'm going <clears> to <throat> do is I'm going to ask uh, 
I'm going to have Joe clear out of here real quick. We're going to get a towel in here really fast. Sean, you're awesome. Thank you. And what I want to do is, in a couple seconds here, we're going to enter into a time of worship. All right, we're going to enter into a time of worship. And what I want to do is I want to refocus us on God. You heard a lot of stories. And thank you guys for just hearing, hearing us out on who, who our friend is. But it's, it's, it's on you to be able to, like, experience him, invite him in. So what I want to do right now is I just put your notebooks down. Go ahead and stand up. Stand up and just come forward. And we're just going to sing and we're going to worship God. We're going to sing and we're going to worship God. We're going to refocus our center on him. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening at 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.